and welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey. And I'm your other host, Lauren. This is a podcast where we talk about what it looks like to flourish as we live out our purpose in the day-to-day. The mundane. The good. The bad. The ugly. And laughing while we do it. But before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications. Now grab your favorite beverage and let's get started. Hi, Lauren Elise. How are you doing today? I am feeling a little scattered today. Girl, kind of same. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. We're here. We're scattered and together. And maybe you guys are feeling scattered too. Yeah. But we are excited because the Flourish podcast is happening right now. Woo-hoo! And we have a special guest on the podcast today. We do. So a big woohoo for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is Dr. Elena Barron. And she's not only Dr. Elena Barron, she is also my mother, Elena Barron. Um, so mom, would you like to say hello? Right hello, now? everyone. And the reason that my mother is on the podcast today is not only because she's my mother and she's a wonderful person and we'd love to have her anyway, but because she is on this new thing we are launching in October called Lena Rose's University. Kelsey, would you like to talk about that for a second? Yes, I would. It's something that I'm super excited about. Lane of Roses University is a brainchild of a, like, years on years on years on years. Like, truly, I can't even tell you how long that this has been in the works. And like with many things that God brings to us or asks us to do, it looks nothing like I thought it was going to. (laughs) We started with, like, a discipleship one-on-one concept. And then just last year, asked the Lord to close every door that was supposed to be closed and open wide every door that was supposed to be open. And what he flung wide open was just this network of wonderful people who wanted to come alongside of us and launch this library of faith courses that could be for anyone and at an affordable price, um, just making faith accessible to people so that we can grow in our walk with the Lord and grow in our knowledge base about who he is and who we are and what that means and how it changes our life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it it looks nothing like I thought it was going to, but it's a million times better. And I'm so excited about launching it in October. And we're starting with three courses in, in our launch. And, um, Elena's is one of the first, it's the first um, one that we filmed. And it was so wonderful. I got to be there when we filmed it and I've watched it several times since. And I'm just so thrilled for you guys to be able to have access to um, this course. And just one little section of her knowledge (laughs) because it's immense and she has such a gift to the kingdom and all that she knows and all that she's willing to share for the sake of the gospel. And so I'm excited to share about women and ministry and leadership. Yeah. So mom is teaching or Elena is teaching um, her course specifically on women's leadership in the church and what that looks like. And that is what you have gotten your doctorate um, in as well. So she is a bank of knowledge and she is going to, she's so kind to join us on the podcast today um, just to kind of go over how she got to this point where, um, what led her to want to study women in leadership, why she feels passionate about how women should know about women's leadership in the church. Um, So we're just going to get to pick her brain a little bit today. We are so excited. Um, Mom, would you like to give us a little um, background on yourself? Just a little, maybe a little 
Fun fact. Yes, I am actually a spiritual director right now. A spiritual director is kind of like a counselor, but we come from a theology background where we are looking at issues and problems and seeing how God is working in your life and helping you discern the Holy Spirit and really helping you gain passion for God, deepening your walk with God, your faith background, and just delving into that. And so I work for Interfaith Counseling Center here in Lexington, seeing online patients and in person. So I see clients from all over the world, doesn't matter where you live, so you can get connected with me through that. But I have a background, I have a Master's of Divinity from seminary, and then I have a doctorate of ministry and Christian leadership that has a focus on women in Christian leadership. And that is where we are today. Well, thank you for that little snapshot of Mm -hmm. um, who you are. Um, But before we dive into that, you guys know what we always have to do first, Um, our love it's or leave it's for the week. So we thought it'd be fun for mom to join us in. What are we loving just in general right now? What are we leaving in general right now? Because you know, you always have those days where you're like, I could never do this again. We'll see that again and (laughs) be happy. (laughs) So, Kels, would you like to start us off? What is something that you are just loving in life right now? I am just loving being outside right now. Like, I spend a lot of time outside in our backyard, and it's something that we really didn't have at our other house. And so we just get to play in the backyard with my little guy, Silas, and he is hilarious right now. So that's what I'm loving right now. What are you loving? I am loving. I have been on a lot of trips recently, and I truly am loving Disney World right now, guys. I am. (laughs) It is just something I have been to. If you guys don't know, I am a Disney vacation planner, and I have been to Disney World and Disneyland within the past three weeks. And let me tell you, it is fresh on my mind, but it is so fun. I just enjoyed it. What a magical place. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) The food is magical. The people are magical. The joy is magical. The joy is magical. So that's what I'm loving right now in my life. Mother, anything? Yes, I am loving. It's an old television series. Not old, old, but an old television series, but new to me because Netflix just added it is Suits. Oh, I have been watching it. Suits like nonstop. Every the time I have Meghan free. Markle before yes. all the crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, so I'm like pulled into that right now. Everyone I know is watching it. I know, that's it. That's why I started watching it, because every woman I talked to is watching it. Yeah. Yes. I stopped after like season four, I think. I'm bad at finishing series. I'm really bad at finishing them. So Well. Well, it's that it's a good it's a good one though. Mm. Intriguing. Mm. I'm gonna have to start. Okay. I'll keep you guys updated. Yes. Um Kel's leaving. Oh, what am I leaving? Okay. Um, I'm leaving the tantrums. Oh. For as cute as God made toddlers. <laughs> and he did it on purpose, I am thoroughly convinced, because he wanted the survival of the species to happen. He's no idiot. <laughs> um, but boy, are they trying. Mm-hmm. I had a little, my first um, mad dash out of Walmart into the parking lot because of the he was trying to extricate himself from the cart we were screaming everyone was looking at us i was just so embarrassed and i was like and i like ran out into the car and put him in his car seat and i was like crying in the parking lot (laughs) it was my first one like that so so every mom's been there yes (laughs) 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Thankful for that I'm and so for all sorry. the support of like other women who have gone before me in that because <laughs> I was literally like, what do I do? What do I do? There's no manual for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. What you leaving? I think I'm leaving weather change. And I don't know mm. if it is because I've been traveling back and forth a lot, but it's like, it feels like fall right now, but I know in my heart of hearts, it's going to be 95 degrees like tomorrow or something. And I'm really, I love the 70 degree weather. I love it. Mm. And I'm hating that it's not going to it's going to be gone probably in the next mm. two days. So that's why I'm leaving because I just want to be in a sweatshirt and shorts. That is your favorite. That's my that's favorite, favorite outfit. outfit <laughs> a crew neck. I have 27. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for them to come out again. <laughs> Elena, what about you? I um, am a very outdoors, like work in the yard person. Mm. I love flower beds. I always have a lot of them. And right now, what I am so ready to leave is weeding. That is the horrible thing about having flower beds is you have to stay up on the weeding. And I'm almost glad to see the end of the blooming season Mm. that everything, I'm so tired and my back is tired of Mm. bending down because we have a lot of flower beds. And they're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm this trying to harness your guys. <laughs> like, I got my first like plant for my birthday. Oh yeah, and you I'm trying to, you did. I was thinking of both of you because yeah. I was like, our plant loves. Well, yeah. she has more. She does outside. I only do inside. Yes. Yeah. Maybe next year I'll start my outside. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, we're gonna dive right into just kind of talking to Elena about how did you know that you were called into ministry? That is weird because I don't know if I really felt called into like ministry. I got a business degree and then went to art school and got interior design and was working in interior design department and then was just very dissatisfied and God just started putting in my heart seminary. And I knew nothing about seminary, really. Um, I called the only seminary that I knew of because I was clueless about seminaries. And I only knew of one at the time. I did not know that there was so many all over the world. I called the only one that was near me. It was in Fort Worth. And they sent me a big catalog. And I just prayed over it and opened the catalog. And it opened to a degree in a master's of camping administration. (laughs) And I I was like, I love camp. Like my best thoughts and memories are of camp, being a counselor. I didn't know that was a thing. When you said camp, I was thinking like (laughs) putting out tents. I actually had to do that with camping class. Like we had to go camping in the woods, like for parts of it. But no, there you can get a master's in Christian camping and learn how to run Christian camps. I know it's crazy. People don't understand how many different degrees you can get at seminary. It's not just the basic pastor or missionary. So that is how God got me there. And then I took my first um, New Testament class and God just like broke me apart. And I had never seen the Bible taught that way. I'd never learned from anybody that was so passionate about the Bible. And I just knew at that moment that that's all I wanted to do was study the Bible and teach the Bible. And I just became really passionate about 
um, teach people to love God's word and to actually know how to study his word and that that is just something that is not taught. And that's why I'm such a big supporter of Lane of Roses. Y'all do that. And that is awesome because I did not grow up in that way in the church and discipleship was not a part of my life. And so God called me into that. But I, I like to say about ministry is that uh, my pastor in seminary, Brother Al, would always say to the congregation, he'd say, all right, who is called to ministry? And only a few people would raise their hand because there were seminary students there. And then he'd say, no, absolutely not. If you are a Christian, every one of you are called into ministry because your ministry is sharing Christ with people, discipling other people, bringing someone alongside of you. And every one of us is called to ministry. So even though I did have that specific time when I I was called to go to seminary, I would like to say that everybody's in ministry, no matter what your title is. Mm. I love that. I loved that when you said that in your um, in your first, I think it was the first session yes. that we recorded. Uh-huh. And I just was like, we have to include that in the podcast because yeah. I feel like so many people count themselves out. Right. I was just talking to a person in my Bible study last night and we were talking about discipleship and we were talking about like questions that we ask and it's like when we read scripture like and we respond to the holy spirit um and what the holy spirit is revealing to us through scripture and we were talking about like sharing that with other people and she was just like i just don't know enough i don't know enough to share with other people and in that in that moment in my head i was thinking like No, you do. Like, you don't have to know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it out loud, and I regret that. Mm -hmm. But you don't. You don't have to know all this stuff. And I feel like Mm -hmm. so many people believe the lie that they don't know enough Mm -hmm. to share. Well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have the words. And then we're thinking of, like, Moses, and he was like, I have a stutter. What am I going to do? You know? And it's like, Jesus can use literally anyone or anything who just says yes to him. That's all we have to do. That is Something I'm really passionate about right now, I've always been passionate about it, but I also have a podcast called What You Love, and I'm actually doing a whole new series, a new season, and it's just about how God is using women to further his kingdom, and it's interviews with women all across the board, people that are doing out-of-the-box things, have secular jobs, volunteering, or how they're using it at work, or it's just trying to view ministry in a different perspective, and so that, a season for what you love comes out in October, but it is just amazing to me how when I started making a list of all the different women I knew and how God is using them and they are not going to seminary or they're not, you know, in a vocational ministry job, they are just, um, doing what God calls them. They see a need and they meet a need and that's ministry. I love that. That's so funny the way, I don't know why it's like, I don't know the word. I don't know why I use the word funny, mm-hmm. but it's interesting, I guess. Like, because Lauren and I, when we were talking about the podcast and we prayed a lot during our little break that we took mm-hmm. in August from recording the podcast, like, what do we feel like God is asking us to do? And we literally mm-hmm. said to each other what you just said you're mm-hmm. doing your yeah. season about. Really? And I think it's so interesting the way the Holy Spirit moves yeah. in this, like, cyclical way in his people. Like, he is... So often I find that he's like teaching mm-hmm. everybody and reminding everybody of the same thing. Yeah. Like, and we never talked to you about that. No, 
No, I don't think. No. And so I just think it's, I think it's funny. And yeah, you guys should give her podcast to listen. It I know is, we yeah. will. I think, cause I mean, everyone has been given so many different gifts and talents and desires. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends in med school. I have friends that are nurses. I have friends yes. that are teachers. Like there's a reason that believers aren't all called to yes. be pastors. And um, God has given you those gifts and desires for a reason. And we've talked about this on other podcasts for sure. But um, just to f- take that call and just step and like use where you're working and who you're working with as your ministry ground, as a place to love others and to show God mm-hmm. to other people. Because if we were all pastors and just sitting around talking to each other, then that wouldn't be doing much good. We wouldn't be teaching anybody. Um, so awesome. Thank you, Mom, for answering that. Um, mm-hmm. Did you feel called to women like in ministry? Um, it did not start that way. I used to work for a ministry called Young Life. And I went to seminary thinking, one, I was going to go into camping administration for Young Life. I'd been offered a job with them to work in one of their camps. I already worked on staff and um, in Fort Worth. But uh, so I was in youth ministry and that was my under focus in a seminary was youth ministry. And so we, I was in that and then got married and to Lauren's dad, John, shout out to him. Wow. And John, John yes. <laughs> and then we started um, transitioning into college ministry. And so I was in college ministry and started mentoring, discipling young women in college. And uh, for a long time, it was co-ed ministry that I was doing. And then God just began to refine it more and more into women. We moved to a new town where I could not find a women's Bible study at all. And so God was like, you're the one that's supposed to start it. And so I started one. And then we moved to another town. Same thing. Could not find a women's Bible study. So I started it again. And then by the time um, Lauren and Jack were both in school, I was leading about three to four Bible studies a week and mentoring about four to five young women and doing about two speaking engagements a month. And it was all two women. God just began to slowly refine that into women. And I mean, I love women. And you, you just, there's we just have so many different needs and there's so many different stages. And at one time I was really ministering to young moms and then I was ministering to college students and it just kept moving on. But when you think about it, the statistically over 50% of your church is women. Normally there are more women in church than there are men. Mm -hmm. Women are the backbone of church. They are who is heading up Almost every event that goes on, every organization that's happening there is being driven by women. They are usually the one main ones responsible for children's ministry. You know, very, I will take that back because at our church, our children's (laughs) minister is a male and he is awesome at it. And his co-leader is a male too, but normally it is driven by women. And um, so women are extremely important to God. And I just began to see more and more of this need for women to be discipled. They are such key, important parts of the church and how God is furthering his kingdom. And they needed to have the tools and the equipment to go forward in that and really be inspired that they are leaders. I love that. What would you say to someone who, like a woman who feels like she doesn't have a place or like a Mm. place to serve in the church or like... I don't know, like just doesn't have a place to go or doesn't feel seen. 
in in the church, whether it's Big C or like a specific local church, however you want to take that. I always tell women that they need to um, broaden what they're looking for because so many times we come to God with a plate and say, this is what I want to do. I want to do this specific thing. When God is saying, you know what? I need you to look a little bit bigger and try something that you don't really desire to do right now, but do it because guess what? Maybe he needs to give you skills that you don't already have. I have so many women that they come in and they want to do a specific thing. And I'm like, but our needs are this, this is what we need to have people do. And I look at my own life and see that how God literally trained me for the next position by the one that maybe I didn't want to do. Mm, He gave you skills. So volunteer, look, go to your church and say, what are your biggest needs? That is literally what you need to do is ask, what are your biggest needs? And their biggest needs may be somebody to come in early and make coffee. Well, guess what? Maybe you're not passionate about coffee, but making coffee is what God is asking you to do right now. And in that servant role of doing that, he may have a connection for you that you would have never gotten before, or he needs to teach you something. A lot of times we need to learn humility and we are not ready for that. So I tell women, there are so many needs everywhere our churches in um, just God's perspective of his kingdom. And we need to be willing to look outside of this small box that we've placed upon ourselves. I love that. What is women's leadership specifically in the church? Like, what does that look like? Like, how would you define that? topic to people who might not know what that even means. Um, Everybody is a leader. It doesn't matter who you are. There is somebody that is looking to you, who is following you, who is younger in the faith. And so everybody is a leader. And if we can just get that perspective first and foremost, as we come to it, then no matter who is coming to your church on Sunday, every single one of those are equipped to be a leader. So we go into that thinking that, that I'm going to be a leader in this, whatever that is. Maybe I'm participating in a Bible study and I'm not the teacher, but they need somebody that's gonna be in charge of contacting everybody, that's gonna be in charge of setting up events, whatever it is, you are the leader for that. Um, Maybe you're in a co-ed Sunday school class and they already have a male leader and you need to fill in all these spots where they don't know One leader fills every spot that is needed for any class, for any ministry. They are just not equipped that way. So women's leadership in the church covers every area. I don't think that it is designed to just one area. And also it depends on what denomination you're in Mm -hmm. as to, you know, what is going to be available to you. And uh, we really get more into that into the class that I'm teaching for Land of Roses University. But it is literally being open to doing whatever God calls you to do. I love that. I love that. What made you interested, specific kind of going off of that? Mm -hmm. And I feel like knowing you for 25 years, like it always, you always haven't been like specifically pat like teaching about women's leadership in the Mm -hmm. church and so when i was in high school when you started going to get your doctorate what called you to 
women's leadership specifically in the trench? Well, it um, starts back from when I was young. There was so many strong women leaders. It was a different time period. So we're talking the 70s and 80s. And church, uh, I grew up Southern Baptist, looked a lot different at that time period. And I saw a lot of women on stage at that Mm -hmm. time. And I can remember specifically a, a missionary that we supported, a single woman missionary from Brazil, Cindy Hall, that used to come and give reports at our church, stand up at the pulpit on Sunday mornings and just share these phenomenal stories. And I was raised on that. I was raised on seeing her do that. I had many women cousins that were missionaries and foreign missionaries, and I would see them come home and share these stories. And so I grew up doing that. And then when I went to seminary, Believe it or not, women took preaching classes at that time. I mean, we were very forefront in what was going on. And um, I never felt like anybody ever defined my job or said, like, women can't do this or they can do this. That was never said to me. I just was always encouraged to do whatever God called me to do. So God specifically called me to mentor and disciple young women. So I never felt any pushback on that. Then we were in college ministry for a long time. And when we first started in college ministry and we'd have um, leadership committees and and you'd interview people for it, it would be all women that interviewed for the committees. It would be like pulling teeth to get a man to step forward and interview. And my husband, it would just drive him nuts that none of the men would come forward. And he is so passionate about men's leadership in the church and just in Christ in general. And so that became his passion. But then I noticed as the years went by, like um, we got to, we'd been in ministry for about 20 years at that time, less and less women were stepping forward. And it was more and more men. And I was not seeing women going to seminary anymore from our college groups. I was not seeing women even thinking about going into ministry. And it was so confusing to me what had changed, this transition. And so I started thinking about it. When I was young, we took all these training classes in church. And you really learned about being a leader in the church. And that kind of went away. And that was not taught to women anymore. It was specifically... um, We just did Bible studies, you know, we have just transitioned in nothing against Bible studies, but there was no leadership training of women in the church. And I can remember my aunts leading the leadership training in the church for young women. And uh, there used to be GAs, which was very popular, and they did training through that. And then they did act teens and training that is pretty much gone now, just began to disintegrate. And it turned into women's ministry. And women's ministry has been much more focused on just Bible studies and not the training. Specifically, we used to learn all about going into ministry. That was taught to us at church and the importance of that. So I began to be shocked at why were women not coming forward. And at that time, I really felt called to go get my doctorate. And they, the school, I want to give a shout out for, I went to B.H. Carroll Theological Institute. It's in Texas. And it's 
all online. So it is very affordable school. They designed it specifically to be that way so you can live wherever you want to in the world. Um, they have the largest online library. They uh, There's a lot of fantastic stuff about BH Carroll. But one of the wonderful things about their doctoral program that I entered into was that they did the only school in the United States that does this. They do a mentorship. Instead of classes, I was assigned a doctoral mentor who literally I had one-on-one -on -one classes with. And he taught me so I would be face to face with him, which was awesome because I got to ask all my questions, but it also meant I had to come prepared for every single thing because it was just me to answer. But he helped me get this idea of why don't I, I was getting a degree in Christian leadership. Why don't I just focus on women in Christian leadership, not um, just kind of everything I did was going to be focused on training women to be leaders and where they were and what was happening with them. And so that's when I really became more passionate about it. I began to interview women leaders all over the world. They gave me access through this degree program. I got access to that. And it just story after story being open to me of what women were doing and how God was using them around the world. And that's when I just really became more passionate. I became very disheartened to see what it had happened within um, my denomination. And I'm still Southern Baptist. I believe in Southern Baptist. I just believe that we have lost this training of teaching women how important they are in the church and where they're needed. They're desperately needed. Your voice women are needed at every table because like I said, you're over 50% of the church and the church needs to know how to meet the needs of women in the church because a Barna study came out about 10 years ago. Barna is one of the largest researching institutes and they showed that women are leaving the church in large numbers because they do not feel valued. They feel um, unseen and they're being seen better in the secular world. So they're taking their gifts and talents and putting them into their careers instead of putting them into church. So there's just a whole combination of things that have happened um, in America. This is only happening in America, by the way. It's not happening in other countries around the world. Women are still a huge, strong voice in other countries around the world, but um, that's why we're seeing this happen. And um, so I just became passionate about making sure women know that how important they are to God and that God values them. Mm, I love that. What is something uh, through all this research and over these past um, eight years, I guess it's been since... Nine, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. um, what is something that you really have felt that the Lord has taught you through all this research, all this time speaking to interviewing these women? Um, mm. me, like, What is something that God has taught you specifically that you hadn't even thought of 10 years ago? Well... I think it's affirmation that if God gives you a passion, he's going to provide a way to use that passion. And so many women just automatically think, oh, well, I'll just never get to do this. or I'll never get to use this or whatever. And 
don't think that way. Pursue getting equipped, getting trained in whatever it is you're passionate about, and God will present the opportunity. There are so many times we so often pigeonhole God, like we've talked about putting him in this box of that he's only going to use this gift in the church. And if I'm not recognized in the church, then it's not worth anything. When there are so many opportunities these days, there are more than ever are there opportunities for women to be um, serving God in the, your communities, around the world, in every kind of possibility. So I would say, it has just been with interviewing so many women and in so many different areas of women in ministry, it is just ever clear to me that there is an opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. It is pursue that passion. You don't have to know how it's going to be used. You don't have to know where it's going to be used. Just pursue getting equipped, ask God to open and broaden your box and be ready because he will bring it to you as soon as you're ready. I like broadening your box like that phrase because I feel like so many times, like I specifically, I'm like, well, this is, I know I'm good at this and this is where I am right now. So I guess I'll just stay here and figure mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. instead of I find myself and I'm sure so many other women or people in general, they don't push the limits and try to search it out and they just wait for it to, if it, it's supposed to happen, then it'll happen. But like, if you are really passionate about it and if you know that this is something the Lord is calling you to do you actively search for it and you see what's around you and using mm -hmm. your resources and using the people the Lord has provided you in your life ask them questions get to see where you can serve that you may not even have known yes. to serve and I think so many times we limit ourselves not even realizing unintentionally we limit ourselves because we don't step out of the comfort box that we have put ourselves yeah. in yeah, and I would say a lot right along with that is that you do not have to force something to happen. Mm -hmm. God is greater than anything we can imagine, and He has the place to use you. Um, you don't, if it does not work out in one place, well, guess what? There's another. Mm -hmm. There has been so many of my friends over the years that have been removed from their positions specifically because they're women. I mean, I have seen hard things happen in church because they lost that position. But God is so great and mighty. He turns around and brings them something that they had not even dreamed of. So they went through hard times, yes, but then they got something else that God was directing and say, hey, these people don't value you right now, but there's other people that will value you and you will be used. So um, just know that we don't have to force ourselves into a position. We don't have to storm the church and demand immediate, you know, God has a place for you. And also God loves his church. He absolutely loves his church. And as women, we better not be causing a division in the church. And that means you do not push your agenda of being a woman and being recognized because that causes division within his church. And you will have to stand before God and say that because beware that God will ask, was it about you? Was it about you being recognized? Or was it truly about furthering the kingdom for God? Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing to come up against, but sometimes we're not recognized. And I had my mentor of so many years, theology professor, uh, she was removed from her position because she was a woman. And then she voluntarily went to a tiny church where they would not even let her teach Sunday school. 
I mean, she's a theology professor that is taught all around the world and they wouldn't even let her teach Sunday school. And I would ask, why are you in this church? And she's like, because God has told us that this is where we're supposed to be. And so she would just sit and serve God in that church and love those people. And you know, sometimes that's what God calls us to do is serve and love people and not be recognized. And that's okay. And that's hard. It is hard Mm -hmm. because I feel like, especially right now, in the way the world is, which it can be a good thing, is that women are feeling more empowered to, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, we're taking the big jobs. We want people to know that we can yeah. do just as much, which is true. And yes. that is not a lie, but it's hard to set our pride aside and just let the Lord do what he needs to do instead of wanting it to be focused on us Mm -hmm. and the fact that I'm a woman and I can't do this. And I so easily fall into, I'm very, um, independent. (laughs) 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 I feel like so, I mean, I think a lot of women are, and, and that is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but when we let that independence and we let that wanting us to be seen and recognized because I'm a woman, Mm -hmm. I can equally do this. And, not just taking a step back and just letting the Lord do what he needs to do. I think that can hinder us so much, so much more, but it's so hard to set aside your pride and set down. Like, yeah, it is a hard place to be. And I have failed at that many times. I have forced, tried to force my way into things and I have regretted years later. I regret every time I did that. And um, it really was about me wanting to be recognized and not about God and what God was trying to do. So God, I mean, he knocked down the walls of Jericho with, um, with you know, trumpets or whatever it was. And so we do not need to worry about him making a place for us yeah. to do ministry for him because we are with him in this ministry and he wants his name to be known and he'll do it. I feel like we so frequently come back to like, I feel like our thesis statement for this podcast has been like, it's not about us. It's about him. Like, I feel like every episode, no matter what topic we set out to talk about, we can consistently come back to this. Like we so want it to be about us sometimes and about our plans and about our dreams and about Mm -hmm. our desires. But at the end of the day, like being a Christian truly means like, are you willing to lay down all of that? Yes. For the sake of him. And people knowing him and doing whatever it takes so that that happens. And, yeah. Um, mm. Okay. So we kind of had our last like two questions are kind of like mm-hmm. they go together. Mm-hmm. But what is the best advice that you've been given as a woman in leadership or for women in leadership? And then the second part is like what advice would you give to women in ministry? Okay. Well, I think we have covered a lot of what um, I would say to women in ministry. Mm-hmm. I will say some of the best advice that I was given by my mentor was that you should always be in three places at the same time. You should be discipling, mentoring someone that is younger in the faith than you. You should be in an accountability position with someone and you should have someone older than you mentoring you so that you are always growing growing. And there are seasons when it has been hard for me to find the person that is older than me uh, in the faith. And I pray for that person. God finally brings somebody into my life. But it is important that we are bringing those up behind us, that we are definitely in that accountability, being called to the mat on the things where we're falling short and um, continuing to learn because we are never going to know everything. 
we're not going to have it. So there's always, it's amazing to me that at 54, I am still reading the same passages that I've read for 30 years and God is bringing new revelation to me, that I am learning things in a new and deeper way. I'm being challenged in deeper ways and I'm always growing. And I can look back 10 years ago and be like, oh, why did I do that? I I thought I was so mature at that time. And now, you know, so you're always going to be more mature. You're trying to get there. And that is what I would really encourage people to always have. And the other thing is that that message that we already stated was that don't try to force a space for yourself. When you see a need, meet a need, whatever it is, meet that need. If your church is not welcoming, then stand at the door and welcome people and invite them into that church. Be the people that are meeting the needs, whether you feel like that's your gift or not. Um, start trying to do things and God will use a willing servant heart. Thank you so much yes. for sharing your wisdom and just pieces of yourself and your story with us. And I'm positive we will have you back. Um, And if you guys are listening and you are just like, you know you want to learn more about the subject, specifically women leadership in the church, um, Lana Rose's university um, is coming out in the middle of October. Um, and she will be teaching. She has six sessions yes. on this. You can hear all of them and you can see all of them. And we are so, so excited that we are able to provide you guys with all this information. Um, and we are so blessed that you have gifted us with all of your knowledge and wisdom. And thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be on here. I look forward to y'all's episodes coming out every two weeks. And I'm yes. so pleasure cool. to be here. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Well, um, on that note. We love you guys, and thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Flourish Podcast with Kelsey Darnberg and Lauren Burgess. The Flourish Podcast is a production of Lane of Roses. To learn more, go to www.laneofroses.com. Three, two, one, yeah!